welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Hercule Poirot. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Poirot. Correct. I can't really say his last name correctly. I don't know. Something like that. Close enough. Close enough. Uh, today, we are looking at Ryan Johnson's Who Done It, Knives Out. But before that, we ask the most pressing question of every episode What are we drinking this episode? Mm. What does everybody have in store for us tonight? I made a cocktail tonight, an old fashioned with. Um, it was mostly. Oh, no, it's Knob Creek. That's what it is. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Knob mm-hmm. Creek. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Katie, um, what do you got? The matriarch in the Gremps family passed away a, f- a few days ago. My my great aunt Rini, she was the last of the generation, ninety one years old, and so Manhattan was her drink back in the day. So Rini, this one's for you. Excellent. Um, and I made a special cocktail for tonight's show, uh, a creation of my own that I have dubbed the Benoit Blanc. It Ooh. is all right, Chivas. Sober Shabbos? Shabbos. Shabbos? Uh, aged 13 years. It's a special Manchester United edition mixed with a can of orange bubbly topped with just, just a drop of whipped cream vodka to give it a creamsicle flavor. Very confused by this. You put 13-year-old scotch with orange soda? No, it's it's blended. It's really cheap. I just right. bought it because it was Manchester United. <laughs> Didn't actually put any of the good so scotch. So Chivas is scotch. Yes, huh. but not like it's not a well. I literally bought it because scotch. it was a Manchester United product, and I got a Manchester mm. United box when I purchased it. Hmm. All right. I thought I thought Daniel Craig, and by the way, it was shaken, not stirred. That was my. <laughs> but- 007 joke he, there for you. He sh- you should have been bourbon because he's... I know. They may even reference him being from Kentucky, don't they? I, well, he's from the South. I don't know if we we get the Kentucky fried uh, yeah, asshole that, joke yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Chris Foghorn, Evans, Leghorn. Foghorn, Leghorn, all that good stuff. Um, so before we get into Knives Out, which I can't wait to talk about, a film that has garnered some of our most positive and most talked about reactions hmm. um, leading into this. Lots of people responding for, for a mo- new movie. Often I feel like when we do the older movies like Ferris Bueller and stuff like that, there's a lot of commentary because people have seen it, you know, when it was part of their childhood. When we've done the newer movies, there's been a little less. Maybe people have seen it less. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was a lot of people who saw this movie mm-hmm. um, and we're commenting on it. But let's fact check last week uh, episode. Of course, last week we talked about the amazing Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, one of the things that was brought up during the episode was what is going on in Craig Goldberg's basement. Oh, yeah. Of course, oh, Craig yeah. has been performing on Facebook on Monday and Thursday nights before our shows at eight o'clock. If you're interested, follow Craig Goldberg music. Um and listen, you get a free concert mm-hmm. twice a week. Yeah, mm-hmm. how can you top that? Um, so Craig, we went right to Craig. There were questions, we needed answers, and mm-hmm. we went right to the source. Here is Craig we, himself. Yeah, we wanted to know what was up with that dance floor in his basement. <laughs> so the story of the dance floor in the basement is simply that it came with the house. Um, the previous owners put it in, we think, because they had, um. Uh, workout equipment on and it was like a little gym they had down there i vaguely remember seeing it when we looked at the house i'm pretty sure it was gym equipment um it's open to interpretation what it is right now it could be a stage it could be a dance floor if you put a disco ball up um so it could be whatever whatever you want right now i'm using it as a stage when i play every monday and thursday around eight um on facebook live because we can't play music out anymore but uh that's the story with the dance floor, um, all these Zoom messages people are doing, these Zoom videos and stuff, people are performing from their houses and working from their homes. I'm always fascinated by what's in the background. Uh, so I don't blame people for looking at it and saying, hey, what's the dance floor doing in a basement? Mm-hmm. But that's the story. It came with the house. I just feel like the gym equipment maybe was just um, a cover. Yeah. Right? For Where they were like, like we have to like sell it. the house. Mm-hmm. So... We have to make it seem yeah. like this is a normal thing. 
And so you know what's yeah. disturbing? There, it, it is an there. enormous basement. Yeah, there's and, and there's story. literally tons there's of space around there. it, as if mm. their seats would have been placed. I almost mm. thought it was like an eyes wide shut moment. Oh, you know, oh like a sex oh, club. Oh, or Brian, like that went dark. A sex club. sitting there. All right, we were just underground thinking like, suburban sex like club. Ballroom. That is a lifetime club. movie. Oh, you did say Fight Club. Yes. I was thinking ballroom dancing. Any of those? Okay, we could. Yeah, and if this is your first night. You have to play a Green Day song. Ooh, <laughs> that's like how it. Craig. That's what Craig's Fight Club would be. I think it would be uh, a great place to have a coronavirus is gone party. I'm mm-hmm. going to recommend that. Get the mm-hmm. you got the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Get ready. Yeah, yeah. Get ready right. and do it. Um, listening back to the episode last week, Jim and I. Well, mainly Jim. I <laughs> came around and apologized to Katie about this, but mainly Jim was you know, taking shots at Katie over her desire to discuss the cinematography of Ferris Bueller's day off. True story. Yep. True. Yep. I, the, yep. It was kind of, lo and behold, Katie's analysis of the cinematography has probably exceeded anything that I have brought to this program. <laughs> in the episodes when she now mm-hmm. did not know that this was what was happening, but I feel like I've helped teach her about cinematography. I think you have, that Brian. She knew this. Knew. She felt, I it. felt it. She referenced Silence of the Lambs and how it felt. Some of the close-up shots felt like that. Mm-hmm. That's because they have the same cinematographer. I don't know if I Katie did that, Brian, but I appreciate run. you <laughs> adding that detail in. Home I did run. not feel it. What do you mean? I'm just kidding. That's rude. Be that, funny. Was, that was Jim, Home Jim texted, typed I did not feel it. I did feel it. I felt some fabulous cinematography. No, in that I, I, Thank you. Time out. I actually came to her defense and talked specifically about the art museum scene. Mm-hmm, I true. Wasn't... You did. Um, I realized that we did not talk about something that I would like to throw into fact check for our next episode. And will also show up later in today's episode in Game of the Week. But okay. I want to reference it now. All right. Um, what is it? Shay Louis. The restaurant that Ferris and Parker, Cameron, Cameron, mm-hmm. go to. Yes. Uh, it looks like the house from Chances Are, where Louis lived. Oh, so <laughs> I don't know. Chances Are. I'll double check. I thank you. Chances Are. I'll see where Chances Are was filmed. DC. Thank you. Excellent. Um, we had, we're talking about breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yeah. and we, we kind of did this quickly, but I did do some research on the first film that broke the fourth wall. And uh, as far as they're concerned, it probably goes all the way back to 1918. Wow. In the silent film era. Yeah. Uh, a film called Men Who Have Made Love to Me. Well, um, that's interesting. Somebody did say uh, Charlie, Charlie Chaplin, Chaplin yeah. though yes. not that film, but. But but it goes dynamite back reference. But yep. it was also used in a lot in Laurel and Hardy movies, apparently. And well, then it continued it? on. But Ferris Bueller, uh, I think from a modern time period, certainly for that time period, to use it in a film like that was new and different and started an aesthetic, I think, that is used successfully in certain film. I mean, obviously, again, we reference say by the bell. It's a Zach Morris thing. He goes so far as to use the whole timeout thing mm-hmm. and, you know, other shows like that. And finally, last fact check of the day, Ferris Bueller's dad. Um, I was surprised. Hmm. I thought he had been in a lot more. Like, I thought he was always there. Uh, he is a Canadian actor. His name's Lyman Ward. Uh, went on to do mainly TV guest spots, kind of like Rick Dalton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, he did make an, a guest appearance on Silk Stockings. Katie oh, I knew her, I recognized him. Favorite show. I knew uh, I recognized also played, him. You think it's from Silk Stockings? Yeah. He yep. also had an appearance as yep. a Secret Service agent in Independence Day. I've never oh, seen Still I love that movie, too. I wasn't allowed to watch it. Wow. You're ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Um, Brian. Uh, yes. In Breaking the Fourth Wall, I just quickly checked. The character of Deadpool in the comics was created in 91. So definitely post-Ferris. Okay. Uh, Breaking so maybe the impacted wall. by yeah. that. And he does that in the comics, too. It's not just the Does movies. he? Yes. You see? We could get Keenan Laird's take on that. He's probably read every comic issue of it. He probably has. Couldn't do an in-depth analysis. All right. It is time for the rundown of our tremendous movie this week. Mm. And here is Katie with the rundown.
I feel like I'm running out of newscasters' names. Cokie Roberts, I feel like I've already done her. I think you're okay. All right. <clears throat> Famed murder mystery writer turns up dead in an apparent suicide turned whodunit. Brilliant enough for one of his thrombly best-selling books. <laughs> Greedy children, sweet Spanish-speaking nurse, perceptive and eccentric detective, dogs, a big mansion with creaky stairs, a decrepit matriarch. It's all you need for... Mm, mm, Katie ran out of words there. Hold on. <clears throat> it's all you need for the perfect mystery. Somebody did it in the attic with a knife. But who? The game is afoot. <laughs> this is like what happens when I write things last minute. <laughs> there was clue references. There were Sherlock Holmes references. Almost perfect. Successfully, uh, per, per Katie's usual rundown, no character names. Thromby. Thromby. Thromby was kind of a, kind of in it. Kind of right. Yeah. Kind of close to it. Uh, so we the are thrum watching. was right. The Thromby. Thromby. No, thrum I knew it was Thromby, but then the way I was using it was like an adverb. So it was like a yeah. Thromby. Well, nobody knows that stuff anyway. <laughs> so we are discussing the 2019 film Knives Out. Yeah. Written and directed by Ryan Johnson, director of The Last Jedi, mm -hmm. a film we discussed mm -hmm. and, and overall enjoyed. Yep. You know, we had some nitpickings with it. Uh, this is one of my favorite films from last year. Uh, didn't quite get to the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though it was mm -hmm. a battle back and forth between those. I am actually recording the episode if you're watching us on Facebook in the scene of the crime here. I am in Harlan Thrombey's mm -hmm. study study if you can see it uh, and see a screen grab of that uh, and I was wildly excited for this movie and I am hoping hoping that my thoughts of this film and the fact that this would be a film that Jim would like are true and I'm 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 I'm, I'm worried I was I was worried all week of whether or not I know Jim anymore because I mm. based upon doing this show, a lot of the things that he likes, I felt were in this movie. So I'm very n nervous and anxious to hear Jim's thoughts on this film. Oh, so Jim. I go first. You should go, you first. go first. I liked it. I did. I, I wasn't like blown away by it, but I did like it um, considerably. I liked all the characters. I thought the writing for the characters was great. I wasn't as compelled with the actual mystery in like I typically am in movies like this. Um, but I thought the way it was constructed was interesting and fun. And I, yeah, I, I loved Chris Evans in this movie. Um, I loved, uh, I loved the main, the like kind of the main characters um, of Daniel Craig. And I already forgot her name. Marta. Marta. I forgot the actress's name, Brian. Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas. Is she, she's with Ben Affleck. That's, is mm. that her? That is the story. Yeah. Oh, is she? Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, no. I thought they were great together. Um, yeah. It all, all, and I thought the movie looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, it looked great. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Katie. Did not dislike. So, uh, something that we have not covered on this show is that, I spent a large portion of my formative years studying the art of the murder mystery with Ooh, my mother. Now I want to in silk drill yeah. down. So, I no, drill into so, this. Now listen, I know we've joked about silk stockings, but like silk stockings was not like a primary part of my childhood. Right. Um, however, Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. Yes. Primary. Which was, which was referenced yes, in this it movie. It certainly was. Um, Hercule Perrault. Every single one. Pink Panther. Uh, Agatha Love Christie, like every every famous detective story, the Father Dowling mysteries. You might not oh, know I that remember. one. Yeah, no, I remember that I mean, one. Really, With Tom like, that 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 is Veronica Peg Curran's yeah. genre, and mm -hmm. I was schooled in the art of it. Okay, I feel like because of that, and because of my very high expectations going into this movie, I was slightly disappointed. It felt like an homage to me to like the the trope 
of the old school detective story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which was his intention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just, I guess, um, nothing in it felt groundbreaking to me. Like no- nothing caught me off guard. It felt like a, a nod to, you know, old school murder mysteries, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Yeah. I'm depressed now. Oh, Bri. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It I'm was kidding. good. It was good. I, I'm kidding. I uh, find it interesting on the second and third watch, which I did. I watched it and I watched the director's commentary because I was interested that I enjoyed it even more because the mystery itself became almost secondary to two things. One that you well, actually both that have been brought up a the performances because the acting in this movie is really good. And you were able to just kind of focus on that. I feel like most murder ones, you're trying to figure out, like, the problem I have sometimes with them, is the twist good enough? Who did it? You know, they're trying to confuse you. So you spend a lot of time paying attention to that. And you miss some of the subtlety of the writing. And Jim brought the writing. I thought it was very well written, the dialogue Mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, And the second thing is I thought it was beautifully shot. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, which I guess shouldn't surprise me because I said this when we did The Last Jedi and it's the same DP. Ryan Johnson works with Steve Yedlin. I thought it was but Jim's right. I thought it was unbelievably shot. Yeah, it's a beautiful movie. Beautiful movie. The way they shot it that we could talk about later. I think I also partly like it because it's not the type of movie that's being made a lot Mm -hmm. anymore. Um in terms of what was happening in it. And I do, I I wondered, you know, it was something when we were growing up, I felt was out there a lot more, if not maybe in movies, but TV, like Katie brought up those rash of shows there that that type of thing was happening where you would have that, you know, you have your detective, you know, something like Matlock, which was not a detective, but he's the lawyer. But I mean, you had that and then you had all these kind of, people that you would know mm-hmm. who are famous were the yeah. secondary characters who were coming from that has kind of gone away. So yeah. I think I did appreciate that it was something so different and unique, maybe not in the sense of the fact that it was paying homage to things, but that somebody would make something like this now mm-hmm. because there's not any special effects. Yeah. There's not any action per se in it. So it's an interesting choice for maybe everybody involved. I think it feels maybe hurt by the newer miniseries format. I was going to bring this up too. Of like mer- the so so again, it it does feel like it studies the old <laughs> trope of like you know the character who's not seen very much ends up coming in, in the end and obviously being the murderer and you kind of like get a whiff of that early on in the movie and so you know for folks that like have studied those stories like there, there there's kind of that tell early in the story of like it's yeah. the character that you don't that you don't get the interview with it's mm-hmm. the character whose story you don't see like he's going to be the one that comes in at the end with the the card that's missing um and i think what we see now is these like you'd say long, longer form in like miniseries study. So we can look at like Luther. We can look at Sherlock. Outsider. We can look at outside. There's so many. Um, what's the one with the, the queen from the favorite that we loved? Broadchurch. Broadchurch. Broad I mean, there's been so many of these detective series in the past few years that are just like elevating the game of of the murder mystery where the characters are all there from the start, right? Like you you get to meet everyone. You don't feel like something's being withheld from you as the audience, which is what the old detective stories used to do. Yeah, I think I think Brian's right. The movies aren't made like this very often anymore. And it might be tied to this is because I think film is struggling right now to find an art form outside of big action. Even in comedy, they're struggling because TV is not scared to let someone take 10 hours to tell a story anymore. Um, like Netflix and HBO are, and Amazon are open to letting something non sitcom related be developed over 10 hours. Uh, and there, it just allows for a lot more. 
um, a lot more engagement. And, and that's, I think that's the, the thing I was feeling in this movie was not as like connected. And, and, and I will say this again, I think Ryan Johnson's sense of humor fit a lot better in this than it did in last Jedi. But I also think that it led me to not connect with the characters on like a level that invested me a lot in the plot of the movie. Oh, really? I felt like it moved at a clip for the first 45 minutes where you were like super interested in like, how's this going to play out? Like all, mm. all the characters. Oh, see, I felt that I, way. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't like how this is, how is this going to play out? I was, I think at the same point you started that feeling is after we met everybody and there was no one else to meet. Okay. And you weren't like introduced to any more interesting characters. Well, okay. I mean, so you get those first few interviews and you get the, like the tease of the detective and then the beginning of the interview with Marta and that, and you can tell that there's, there's something there. It's right? the will reading. That's really the like will, the mil sure. middle point of the movie. Right. Well, right? to me, the point where it turns is when you find out Marta's story, right? When you find out the tr truth behind Marta. Right. So there's, there's a moment there where you realize like, this is halfway through the movie. Right. So clearly this isn't, how this is all going to end. But something happened there with the pacing for me where like it slowed at oh, that really? point. That's interesting because the critique and the fear of a lot of people and the studio with Ryan Johnson was that people would not like the first 45 minutes. Oh, I liked thought, the first 45. They thought the for first 45 minutes was way too slow. Mm. And he people kept telling him that. That's and interesting. He's like, I'm not, he goes, I'm not cutting this. Yeah. No, I, like, I liked I'm not that all. I loved the and, meeting and, of the characters. And his whole thing was when they were writing it, he was concerned that the sequence where Marta gets interviewed with Daniel Craig is technically where the movie really starts. People would complain hmm. to him. And he's like, are people going to be willing to wait to that moment to it to start? I didn't feel that way either. I kind of felt like you guys because I thought the acting he gives each of those actors yeah. so much in little segments there that it's some of the best solo acting in the movie. Mm -hmm. You don't get a lot of solo acting because there's so much interaction between them. This, by the way, easily could have been a miniseries, yes. which I thought would have been interesting. You yeah. know, I don't know if you get the caliber of people maybe associated. I mean, the cast is pretty spectacular. Yeah. Um. In in terms of what they did, and they shot it in like I think six weeks or something like that. Yeah, um, and to, which is crazy. To Katie, I mean, uh, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say to Katie's point that you sort of do realize that. Uh, I think Ryan Johnson was really hinging on the fact that people are going to be invested in the fact of, and think that Marta is going to get away with it, right, or get away with accidentally killing him right yes and i think i was on board with katie is like and when that moment happened there was not a part of me that didn't believe that there was some other thing going Twist. on and Agreed. i was really agree and, with that and i'm and i'm slightly disappointed in the way that that played out huh. just because i thought it was going to be i mean it makes complete sense so like i don't i don't want to say that like the plot didn't make sense it makes sense it just it wasn't as interesting as I thought. Like, I honestly, about three quarters of the way through, I thought this was some elaborate plot to, like, that he had cancer and he was going to, he was going to die in, like, a month anyway. Mm -hmm. And this was, like, an elaborate plot that he set up to see who was the most worthy of his... Oh. That would, I that thought, like I another, thought the same. Which is another trope. Of I thought like the these whole thing when she so couldn't yeah, find okay. the antidote was that it was yes. that it was him yes. that he had taken it. Yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that he had which, mixed the bottles. Which could have been a twist that you would have seen. I I do wonder, and I, like I said, there was a lot of positive like response to this. You know, Katie, you're somebody who studied this a lot and done it, and I think partly when we watch movie sport. You did. I and, did. And I think the book, I, I, the, the series I read most as a child was Nancy Drew. Like, yeah. I, we have a whole box here of my like childhood Nancy Drew books. No, I, but I, a, I, and I, I do. studied Stephen King. Yeah. And 
Well, you did. But and but I do wonder sometimes when I watch movies, if we were looking more critically at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. In terms oh, totally. of it, and, I'm, and, and not in a bad way, but I'm wondering if people, you know, if you're not so and I think this is, again, when I watch anything, sometimes I give bonus points when people hit exactly what they're going for. Sure. Do you know what I mean? No, so I get that, this Brian. is like that. True. But but my thought process behind it was. I think that there aren't a lot of people, unfortunately, watching the broad churches and Luther. Mm-hmm. Those are shows I bring up to people and they're like, oh, I've never seen it. And they're all British. And there is like a British sensibility totally, to this that I find oh, really interesting and enjoy. Yes. Which it, that that I like in terms is that of Ryan Johnson. No, no, no. But he's Who's British. I, I feel like he's not. But no, it, I, I, I feel like the, that's what it was. Though. I think I was, was feeling that four weddings feeling of like the way the conversation like circles the room, hmm. right? He does that. I feel like in this movie we're like, yeah. We're like, oh, he does. Yeah, like everybody in the room is is their own character, and they are like kind of developed. They have their motivations, and they're they're not just background noise. I, by no. the way, I I love that they have uh, what's his name <laughs> the the little alt right troll. Oh God, Amazing. who is the kid from it? Yes. Who is George? Uh, he's uh he's uh yeah. not one? George. He was, um, um, he's uh, Bill Denbro. Bill. He's yeah. He's the main guy. Yeah. In it, chapter two, he is played by Mr. Tumnus. Yes. Mr. Tumnus. Um, well, that's interesting because I was going to say I always I always feel like the British series do it, does they do it better. They just do. Yeah. <laughs> just feels like they've kind of well, like invented. Well, no, invented the wire. The no, genre. the wire is good. But I I, I do want to hit on though that when I was thinking about it is the one thing I always say about British shows is that I feel like and and we say British shows. I just think British shows are really well written. I agree. You feel like you almost immediately are knowing the characters and there's just, I don't, I I don't know what, I guess it has to be the writing, but you don't, you in like eight episodes of a British show, you get more than you can get in 24 to 22 episodes of an American show. I totally agree. And I I think he does that with these characters and maybe it's the casting or whatever it is. Like, I feel like this instantaneous thing and it's, it's the way they shot. It's the way they're dressed. It's everything about it. Like, I feel like I know who these people are. I, I had that feeling about Chris Evans, what he was wearing when he's wearing the ripped, like, like longshoreman sweater. I was like this douchebag. Yes, and then you see his house, he's got, which like, is like that. He's got the he's got the whatever the Merce- the beamer, yeah, and the classic beamer. So I hear what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> I disagree that this feels British. Okay. I, I don't think that it does. I think the pacing of British dialogue is so different. Like I'm just thinking of it oh, in well, terms of is, like uh, yes, Broad I'm, Church, I'm, that which is probably the most recent series mm-hmm. that we or Luther. Um, yeah, but you, you, the way but that the problem- they interact. It just everything just moves. And I and I did feel like there were moments in this film that could have just used a little push. Like how there was like I thought this was fairly lean. Daniel Craig's like southernness. (laughs) I think. Well, and I think that was part of it. Right. Where he was supposed to be sort of this like taking his time. Yeah, Southern the, the, American the, the detected will, the truth will out. The game is afoot. The truth will be at his feet and what in due time. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. did love him in this movie, though. Yeah, oh, he was great. And and he really got this movie made. This is probably the only thing I can enjoy the modern James Bond movies for. This only happened because the James, most recent James Bond, which is now delayed again because of coronavirus, was delayed. When Danny Boyle left, he was supposed to direct it and he had an opening and they're like, he goes, I, this is the best script I ever read. I'll come be this guy. And they had to change it a little bit. And they were like, should you be Southern? Like, should we change this? Like what, it, you know, what works with it? And he was good. And one of the things that was interesting they were talking about was in particular his because Ryan Johnson loved the Agatha, Agatha Christie stuff, you know, not you know, he's the star, but not really the star. And they use him just enough. And so much of it was about getting the Marta character right. And I do think Anna de Armas, who was great in Blade Runner 2049, she was the girlfriend, robot girlfriend, whatever she is, like hologram 
Yeah. Katie, I don't know if you've seen that. I know Jim's it's seen so it. Good. And she's great in that. She pulls it off. And one of the things I thought Jim tossed about, I was interested in his take because um, we talked thematically when Ryan Johnson did Star Wars and it was a, thematically he dropped the ball on some things. I thought there was a clear vision thematically of what he was trying to do with this, which I, 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 I did enjoy at parts. I without agree. Being too overt. Well, he again, like couldn't resist like getting his digs in the same way he did in last Jedi, which is distracting. And in certain parts it's, it's forgivable. It, it works because it's funny, but in other parts I'm like, okay, yeah, of course. He just called her an anchor baby. Like, can we? But do you think that was a part of me wondered about that? And then when I rewatched it the second time, a lot of it sometimes is through the point of view. So, for example, oh, I yeah, how Katie they and I talked it. about this. Like, you know, so they keep at the beginning, they're replaying the birthday and different people are with Harlan, who's the mm -hmm. person over the case. The vision of it keeps changing in the talking. And I was wondering at times where you hear certain dialogue, is that intended based upon who's telling that aspect well, of the story? Yeah. That was a problem I had earlier in the film, because usually those clips, those flashbacks are either perspective of the person who's thinking it or the truth. Hmm. And in this film, they are both. And that's confusing for your viewer, right? Like, and uh, so they were. We need to rewatch though, because I think those only happened during the interview process. I agree. Okay. But so we talked through them when they happened. We paused and I said, all right, so let's just, let's just talk through <laughs> what we just saw, right? So we saw two different shots around Harlan blowing out the birthday cake. Clearly, neither of those happened. Right. Like, so those were both in the mind of the, the of the child. Right. Like that they they want to believe that they're the favored child. Right. And that they were well, like, all we know is that in, in the end, all we know is it doesn't really matter. Sure. One of them could have been true. I guess so. It felt it, like after we learned the stories of what really happened that night, that neither of those were true. Though, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I thought yeah. the interesting thing was the constant idea of even at the end that these people perceive themselves as victims, which is shocking to me. But I also think that's realistic of society. But the way like the dialogue at the beginning where everybody's telling Marta, oh, we wanted you to be at the funeral, but I was outvoted. Mm -hmm. And if you do the math, then she should have been there because every single person told her that I I think that is reflective of some, and maybe it's slightly heaven handed, but I don't know. Like, I think that ties into some of the things. One of the things I love about this and I was concerned about it. And I know when Tim and Keenan did the show on pop adult, I can't remember who brought it up. They were discussing like the fear of rewatching this. Mm -hmm. Like once you know who the killer is, is does it hold up? And that's I, a big problem with a lot of whodunits, right? Like, you know, it's, if, if it's about the mystery. And again, like as I rewatched it a couple of times, I found myself being able to answer some of the questions or issues I even had with it and started to think like, wow, this is actually th there's some stuff in yeah. here that's even more interesting now than I remember seeing it in the theater. And I think that's I totally agree, Brian. And I think that's my main problem with this. Not that I have a huge problem with it. I, I, I enjoyed it. But like the reason I'm not like over the moon about it is because I think that that part of it is not interesting. That he, see, I oh who it was. Right, see, I thought like, they got it me sometimes been, that was interesting. They could have taken his his actions and put it on five different characters. There was nothing ultra interesting about why he was the killer versus anybody else. Hmm. And so, like, yeah, in the end, I think this is rewatchable because that that is one of the least interesting parts of this movie is like how it sort of plays out. I, I but and I think that that's the true tell of a of a really good murder mystery is that you get to the end of the book or the show and you immediately want to do it again or right? an homage like, which like, is what like did I, what did i miss right like oh i didn't i didn't see that coming what did i miss let me do it again yeah and i didn't feel that way at the end because i think i think he elevates things here oh you know one we forgot is is another directory a director <laughs> no um 
Christopher Nolan true in Detective. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Well, true detective. I mean, Memento. Uh, I don't remember oh, yeah. Memento. Oh my god. So okay. good. It's the backwards, backwards that's story. That's the kind of he has no memory. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But that is the type of movie that I thought this was, and it's not that. Which is no, it's not. It, I think which it's more is, mainstream. You, than this is not Sixth Sense, where the something no. happens at the end, and you're like, "Oh, I need to go back and rewatch this and pay attention yeah, to all these agreed. little things." It's not. It's that. not that. No, this is not. like Clue. Clue is a lot funnier than this. I think we should watch yeah, Clue. But, <laughs> but yeah, but Clue was intended to be funny. Right, I don't, right, I don't right. think this is a straight con. Not, you see, the the interesting thing to me is watching it the first time. There, that goes back and forth of what it is. I thought there were some interesting twists and things like that, but I do wonder in a film like this, and I wonder if this in the process of writing this, so much stuff leaks out now. If you make it just about who the killer is, and you know, and I feel like on a TV show they do this all the time, right? Somebody dies. If this were a TV show, they'd have to shoot eight different endings, right, mm-hmm. so that it wouldn't leak out who the killer was. And Ryan Johnson's like, yeah, we didn't really have to do that. I'm, I and for better or worse, and I could see that, like if if that's the intention of of it, yeah. if you're you go back and do it. I think what was drawn to me was the characters um, that I liked. The way it was, some of the thematic stuff, and again, the shooting on this, the, some of the choices on this, I, I, I don't know why, but I, I kept thinking about this, and they did a whole. By the way, if you get the the hard media, which I know nobody buys anymore, but Keenan and I, the 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 extras on this disc are amazing, and in particular, the choices they made with filming, like the way they shot it, it was filmed in my hometown. The the um. At Brian's house. That's his house. The, the, my house. <laughs> That's right why it here. looks like that. That's why it looks like it. I made a lot of money off He's of this. He's very cluttered this is why with I'm weird saying, shit. In fact, you should buy as many of these discs as possible. I do get a small royalty from each disc sold. Um, but where the knives are, where all the interviews was, is in our Oh, I love that. Town. Yeah, that room is really cool. That it's really cool. The interiors, gorgeous. The interiors were incredible. Well, they made some really and interesting the, and that choices. Yeah. They made some really interesting choices. I'm going to, for a second, because because I brought a visual aid here. I am going to leave the study for a second because I want to show those who are watching um, a second. So I did a visual. Please. Because usually I talk about cinematography, but I brought a visual for us. Uh, So here's how cinematography works in terms of shooting angles. All right. There's aspect ratios. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So there's one, three, three. There's one, eight, five. And then there's, uh, two, three, five, two, three, five is wide angle, which a lot of films like to do now. What they chose to do is the one, eight, five, which means it's more boxy. This is what classic Hollywood used to look like. And it's more vertical, you know, so they do the stuff and it's beautiful. If you look at this, it's not the kind of wide angle stuff that I loved actually in the last Jedi that they did. Uh, there's a lot of stuff they cram. If you go back and choose to watch this again, pay attention. Uh, they actually studied Casablanca a bunch for this. And one of the great things about Casablanca is they squeeze a ton of stuff above them. So the lighting and stuff like this, and this is also one of these movies you thought they would shoot on film and they shot digitally. If you watch the lighting and color in this movie, it is next level crazy because they filmed in the uh, Ames family mansion which is where the library was. And the other, the out, the exterior was a different mansion close to where I live. It was almost all practical sets, which is very rare. The, the, where the murder took place, they had to build as a set, but the lighting in those rooms and everything was the set design and everything I thought was fantastic in this movie, Mm -hmm. which is something we don't talk about a lot probably, Mm -hmm. but it did set the mood. The lighting was like those shows we used to watch or the movies we used to watch. Uh, and it's really great if you watch it like Keenan and I would do on a 4K. <laughs> it's a fun movie. I think it's a great quarantine movie. I mean, I don't I, know if I've ever I, seen a Rotten Tomatoes that yeah, high. I, like people, people are loving this people movie. People dig it. Yeah. I, people like no, it. No, I, I like think. it. I like it. And I think, but Katie asked me, was it one of my favorite movies of 2019? When I, in retrospect, right? Because I just watched it this week. But um, I wouldn't put it above once upon a time and i would no, not I put it above midsummer either and i would not put it above little women 
Well, you see, I count Little Women as almost a 2020. I know it was in the Oscars, but that's when it was 2020. It didn't come out mm. till Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So I would agree with that. Midsummer is one of those ones I didn't see until it was out of the theater. So mm-hmm. I think I would Midsummer I put above it as well. I was saying to Jerry actually today when I was telling him about this, I said, this is one of those movies, though, where he has two teenage kids. It's very rare that all four people in his house could watch a movie. I think all four of them could watch this mm-hmm. movie. Oh, yeah. And that's rare in Hollywood now, too. Well, I think like, that's those maybe like the beauty of the murder mystery genre, together. right? Yeah, and yeah. Th- that is like that's that's what I yeah. that's what my family watched together was murder mysteries. Yeah. Um, couple of performances. I mean, just quickly, we'll talk about and then we can move on. Uh, people who we love. Tony Collette. Lover. Yes. Amazing. Jamie Lee Curtis, really Love fun, her. really good. Michael Shannon, creepy oh, as great. always, off, not as creepy off, as uh, off brand for him episode. as like a sniveling, like kind of yes. weak character. Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting? There was a, a a deleted aspect of that character. I always thought he had a limp. Uh-huh. It turns out that his foot, and you never see this because they had to edit for time purposes. He was actually stealing money from <laughs> the company, and loan sharks had shot him. Mm. And that was supposed to play. I think Ryan Johnson started to cut away some of the stuff of, oh, it could have been him. Yeah. yeah. And then like Tony Collette, there was some more sequences about stuff she was doing and they trimmed that stuff away to make it be a yeah, little. She had the college. More, fund like, issue. Guess. Yeah. And they built that was. But but the performances um, were really good. And Chris Evans, I think, out of typecast was so much. Fun. Yeah. When, he was like, his, uh, each shit moment is great. That is a that is going to be the memorable moment from this movie, which is when he's just like, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. (laughs) So fun. It reminded me of the half baked, half baked when he's like, when the guy's quitting his fast food job and he's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. (laughs) It's an office space moment, too. Is it? Yeah. Like when, you know, when he quits. I don't remember. Oh, it's so good. We got to watch that. How have we That's not done another, that movie? Yeah, too? it should be on the list. We do that. There's a lot of movies to do. Yeah, uh, we got a good and, run and, coming up. And Daniel Craig. He's great. great. Yeah. It, I, I, the balance between also him. The, the detective. I mean, the, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. The, and, and the other and, guy who is kind of like the the, uh, the funny fan, like fan, the boy. fan boy. Yeah, it was great. There, and, and Christopher Plummer. I mean, I the man is still going. I mean, he just keeps going. Oh, he was great. There. That scene with him and Marta is mm-hmm. that is a scene where I was like in it. I, I yeah. 100%. That is a scene where I was like yep. on the edge of my seat like the well, whole time. Because to me, the story that is teased from the beginning that you're holding on for what's what feels like it has the most investment is their relationship. I right? would have. Oh, my like, God. You want to know what the deal is, like yeah. why she. Why she's favored, why they voted for her to not come to the funeral. Right. You know, I love that. I, I did love all the family members being like, you know, I I wanted you to be there, but ultimately yeah. I was outvoted. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that. Did you miss the conversation we had about that? I guess so. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. I do. I do love. I do love at the end. At the end. <laughs> Brian when, said so many people said it to her that like there's no way uh, yeah, because yeah, no, I was must have been distracted by you the dog. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Thanks, June. Thanks. Well, she hasn't Do you know we have a podcast? I mean, for a reason, right? She hasn't gotten anything wrong, I don't it's think. It's not entertainment. Um, I don't know what it is. The the uh, um don johnson loved yes, don johnson he was good too and he was great and then we had just seen him in watchmen yeah and it was like this kind of uh, yeah just everybody who was in it was enjoyable and fun i loved it because the slow car chase with the oh my god that was car, pretty funny and that was taking place by the way right by where alien and i got alien and i got married that was like a good, like a couple of blocks from there. So for us up here, if you're from the like, this is good because there's a lot of locations that you're. I kick myself that I should have tried to sneak on set of this since it was right. Yeah, you know, the trailers were right by my mm-hmm. school. Love to see uh, you get arrested. Also, mm-hmm. also uh, that mansion is where Goat, the female Ghostbusters movie, was shot. Mm-hmm. So they were there. Uh, as well so watch it again it is streaming right. uh you know to rent and it is i think a fun movie uh i i challenge jim and katie to watch it again sometime because i think they'll 
they'll enjoy it. Uh, I loved it on multiple viewings here, and it's a uh, an enjoyable movie yep. for all. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, it is time for game of the week. <laughs> All right, game of the week. This is, we haven't done this one in a while because mm-hmm. it's a little bit more involved and Katie usually doesn't read it when we tell her to do it. So it yeah. takes it's, her a while to build yep. up towards it's a commitment. This week's game of the week is Just Pitch It, yeah. mm-hmm. where we pitch a movie idea. Now, movies are no longer in production currently, mm-hmm. unfortunately, due to the coronavirus. But we pitch a movie idea. One of these will no doubt be made at some point. Well, they're and too good to be made. Let's be fair. Mm-hmm. That's they're, true. They're not a remake down. Or, a, or a franchise. So somebody mm-hmm. would probably buy this movie and then shelve it like right. Harvey Weinstein used to do. Mm-hmm. So explain it, it, Brian. Because it'd be too good. Uh, so you, we're going to pitch it. So here's what we're going to. We're going to pitch our own whodunit this week. Mm. All right. So this is what you need to give us. You need to give us a detective yep. of some sort actor or actress who you want to be this person you want us uh, a criminal um actor or actress you want to give us a stolen item or maybe somebody's murdered mm-hmm. give us what happened uh and then you know give us an aspect that somehow t- ties into chances are no we'll pass on the chances are piece no cannot but pass i got on the, the chances i got the rest piece. of it can't pass requirement of the film okay we'll so figure it the out. bedroom in my film will have that wallpaper there, there you go. That's Good. all you need to do. Um, I'm going to go first. All right, you go. Because I actually, I was struggling with this, and then I thought of my detective, and it all okay. sort of like flowed it from there. It all fell and together. I, I got excited I about this movie mm-hmm. in a way that makes me w- want to see this movie. Ooh. Okay. All right. Tell us. So my detective, okay. and I'm sorry, Katie, if you pick this person, is Sam Elliott. Oh, oh no, I didn't. That's wonderful. I love it. I'm already in. Yeah. Okay. It is so, already, so you already imagine this. It. He's like about to be t- retired detective. Okay. Not super well respected on the police force. The murder victim is a young drug dealer in mm. okay. in New Orleans. New Orleans. I like mm-hmm. it. His grandmother, who has an on again, off again relationship with Sam Elliott, is Pam Greer. Okay. This mm-hmm. is this is good so far. Yeah. The murderer mm-hmm. is a corrupt cop played by Oscar Isaacs. Ooh. This is like intense. Yeah. This is like an edgy film. Yeah. And the snarky captain yeah. is Regina King. Ooh. This I is want this too movie. legitimate. This is almost too legitimate. I want Where's, this movie. And and Sam Elliott has a bedroom with wallpaper from Chances Are? No, I think that would be more um Pam Greer. Okay, Pam Greer has a <laughs> wallpaper. That wallpaper was something else. I, I didn't. I gonna, well, we didn't have time for the big forget your dead syringe, Brian. Uh, I think we should buy that wallpaper and put it on the back wall of your office, Jim, so you can like. I just want to see it in our dining room. I want to see. We already have it. I just, I want to see Oscar Isaac's and Sam Elliott in a in a like a a cerebral battle. Of, oh, of, I want to see like yeah. an action sequence where he's got like the ponytail up and he's throwing his elbows like in Roadhouse. <laughs> I don't think he's that guy anymore, Brian, but that's uh, sort of the point of this movie. Like this would be like the unforgiven of detective movies. Okay. In is- I, I don't know why I thought in New Orleans, I thought, you know, New York and LA are way overdone. Yeah. Philly would be logical for me to pick. So let's pick somewhere that I seems like interesting and lots of tax yeah. credits to film there. Yeah. Lots of lots of tax credits. What? We could get this done. You, you like this idea. Uh I, again, you had me at Sam Elliott. What so. about the other aspects? Yeah, they're all fine too. She didn't Sam care. Elliott. What about so the wallpaper? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> wallpaper. Whatever. She loves the if wallpaper. It's Sam, I'm there. It doesn't she matter. Any Elliott. of the other things. Ooh, I gotta okay. tell you, Dex. All right. Um, so my detective is Carrie Washington. Because Ooh, okay. I love her in Scandal. Love it. Um, so setting is a restaurant called Chez Louis <laughs> in Washington D.C., which is actually the set of Chances Are. Um, it's been turned into a restaurant where Helen Mirren is the chef. Okay, and. They don't know how she does it. They don't know how she single-handedly produces <laughs> these amazing meals 
animals that she creates, there's a crossover. Oh, God. <laughs> I love it. I love crossovers. It's, I love it. Shared it's, universe. It's the rat from Rat Tattooey. Oh. <laughs> And all of his rat, ratty is, friends, they come like in at night, flamed, they help Robert her make all of the meals, but then the truffles, we all know, most prized possession in the kitchen, they keep disappearing. Oh. So Carrie Washington has to figure out who is stealing those truffles, animal or human. Who is it? I don't know. You were gonna have to watch a movie. You gotta the, I can't the tell you villain. You can't keep it no, away. I can't we tell gotta you. sell this stuff. Gotta watch the movie. I had to tell you who the no, killer you didn't was. Have to. You, you made a choice. You, you made it. Says you made right a there. Pick a criminal or criminal. I don't need to follow the rules. Nah, we're not playing. You didn't do the chances are thing. I did Thank the you. fucking wallpaper. Oh, you came up with that. <laughs> you son of a bitch. That was sorry, Patty. You know I didn't mean that towards you. Just towards your idiot son. Pity. <laughs> I wrote my pitch as if it were the back of the DVD box. Oh, okay. Like what the fuck goes on the back of a DVD box these days, Brian? I haven't uh, seen one in about twenty years. Would you like me to read the back? Of, <laughs> would you like me to read the back of the Chances Are DVD box? Oh, I, would I, like you I want you to read the back of Knives take Out. that DVD box and shove it directly up your ass. <laughs> All right, here we go. Ready for my movie pitch? And I even have a movie title for you. Here we go. Ready. This gets a little my tug at Say the fucking words, bit. Brian. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I had Alex. Yeah, I know. Alex Finch. Oh my gosh. Is murdered. <laughs> oh no. And it's up to his law school dropout slash private eye daughter, Louie, mm. played by Midsummer's Florence Pugh. He loves to her. discover who done it. Is it the transient biker? If looks could kills Richard Grieco, the police arrested, the former cosmetic model turned first lady. Well, I'm glad fashions. I took this seriously. That, wait, you, missed, you missed that character description. Say it again, Brian. The former cosmetic model turned first lady fashion aficionado, hmm. played by Groundhog Day's Andy McDowell. Melania Trump. Or, oh, or is it tech billionaire Roadhouse's Sam Elliott? Yes. Who Finch had just How exposed for Amazing. insider trading. Oh, but he's the bad guy now. Only mm. Louis can discover the truth in Chances Were. Ah! <laughs> I'm so glad I took this seriously. <laughs> for one, the one time I take this seriously. You really did. I'm very proud of you. I mean, your I'm idea. I'm going to send this to Jimmy Costanza. Your idea has legs. He's going to write a movie. My idea or Katie's idea would be put in the production first. It's true. <laughs> Pixar is going to love mine. You know, Pixar is going to love it. Disney is already like, shit, we didn't know what to do. Get the Epcot ride ready. We well, can it was good. put this in French. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Cue the music. Jim is so upset that his is the third. That we have moved made. on to five questions. Yeah, five questions. Time. Here we go. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth. What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Watch. Why? All right, five questions. I will be answering this mm -hmm. week. Here we go. I'll be asking. All right, Brian, thumbs up or thumbs down on murder mysteries? Oh, big thumbs up. Maybe that's one of the reasons I like this film so much. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're not on as films as much anymore. Mm -hmm. TV shows, some good ones. Uh, obviously, Broadchurch, amazing. If for some reason you haven't watched Broadchurch, mm -hmm. you have to immediately watch it. That's all right. Um, uh, I, we're forgetting one. What's the other favorite with uh, Holden? Older. Oh, the killing. Thank you. The killing. Holy Christ. Oh, my yeah, God. There's so that many. Is, that, that's that's brutal, one I don't though. know during our time period that we're going yeah, through as, right now. As one of Katie's coworkers referred to it as uh, grief porn. Mm. Mm, it is very. It's uh, very I, do dark. Great. It would be a great time if you like murder, mystery, noir. It's not a whodunit. Go back and rewatch Veronica Mars. Mm. Yeah, that would be a fun thing. Did you who done it? We until the last episode. Well, I know, but it's kind of noir. Yeah. You know, Veronica oh, so Mars. Uh, stream some episodes of Murder. She wrote. She it's may have Maine. been the one that ruined it for me. It's good because Veronica. There would always be that moment 
where I'd be like, Nancy Drew, here's what's going to happen next. And then Peg would always call it, and then that would never be See, the thing that would thing. happen next. And that's the thing that this movie oh. didn't do is like, there's that moment where I think I'm smarter than it. And that happens a lot in Veronica Mars, yep. where you think you're smarter than it and you figured it out. And then what actually happened is above and beyond and is it makes more sense than Elevates. your idea. Mm-hmm. But different again, the difference between a series and a movie. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, I think that's that's a time thing. Okay. I, okay, good. Next question, question two. Here we go. All right. Would you rather be a caretaker of the rich and famous or find out you inherited nothing from your very rich parent? Okay, well, that second thing is not going to happen. <laughs> this is fictional. I'm not fictional. now. Patty's listening Fictitious. right now. <laughs> uh, you know what? I would... I would rather not inherit. I, you know, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's different. Right. And that's part of what this is about. You know, when yeah. you're born into that and they constantly talk about the, like the characters selling themselves. And I always thought of Jim's comment when he said, you're born on third base, yeah. which I think about. I did not movie. make that up by the way, <laughs> yeah, but, but you always say it. And I this, just read it in the book I'm reading. actually. Yeah. But I thought minute. this was one of the best examples of that mindset, <laughs> right? These, all these people are claiming to be like, Oh, I'm self-made. I'm self-made. I'm yeah. self-made because I was given million dollar loans to start my business, but then I made my own business. Yeah. Like, I, so I don't know that, but I, it would depend on what the mindset is. Like, for somebody like Marta and the way they set that character up, she's a person who's doing a great job and it's not about doing it for anything other than I think that. So I think if you are someone who takes care of people, then it's great if you do something like that. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think I'd rather do what I want to do and not h- inherit the money. But I also don't have that money to inherit. I don't know if any of us can think of that. What's it like if well, you could be like Chris Evans and you've lived a certain lifestyle and your expectations, you're supposed to get $10 million so you can keep living your life a certain way. And that's all you've ever known. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Katie can probably talk to, I mean, all of us know people who were born into wealth. Well, I was just wondering known that. like the, the Marta storyline. I was like, you know, how how often do you have somebody who's brought in on a like a caretaker level who ends up genuinely enjoying the millionaire billionaire that they are? I don't know that. Well, with, that's a great you know? well. I think too. I think that's important is that he was the self made person, mm-hmm. so it was realistic in the sense that he might have a more no, normal like. outlook on life mm-hmm. and a more level head as far as. And obviously starting, and maybe it was his relationship with Marta that made him realize all the mistakes he made with Mm. his kids. Interesting. That's true. All right. Question three. If Aileen were to kill you, (laughs) a la Clue, it would be Aileen Costello in the blank with the blank. Uh, well, my mom will be right on this. We're, we are aware that Aileen watches a lot of murder shows with Keith Morrison. She she knows yes. to immediately go to the police to uh, tell them and to investigate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be, uh, let's see, in the major studio. Mm-hmm. With spot. this microphone, probably for not, <laughs> shoved for in your mouth. There's there's some <laughs> weight to that throat. microphone. This <laughs> is this is a so, very. Is this it is a bludgeon? A, is it a yes. bludgeon or is it a suffocation method? Uh, could be both. Yeah. <laughs> or strangulation. Aileen is way too smart to do something like that, though. It'd probably have to be more subtle so she can no. get. She got to tell you. She watches a lot of these Datelines of Forty Eight Hours Mysteries. I'm very concerned. For yeah, she would psychologically manipulate Brian into hurting himself. <laughs> Yeah, it would be something. It would something, be something very dark. Very much like very... that. I, 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 you know, I. But she would never do anything like that ever. <laughs> oh, Brian, your, your things. You got a green screen going. Oh, we can't. Okay. Oh, yeah, look okay. at that. That's gonna me? be one of the clues. That's me. gonna be a clue. Nobody knew what it said. <laughs> Brian, just blink three times if Aileen's in the room. <laughs> we can't see anything behind happen. you. Yeah. It would never happen. <laughs> All right, who is your favorite millionaire or or billionaire? All right. N- no offense, but having taught history, it's very difficult to have a favorite billionaire. Oh, interesting. Yeah, sure. Because like you they're all awful. All, Is that what you mean? Well, it's not that they're all awful people at their heart, but just conceptually understand what you need to do to achieve to mm. become a billionaire. Mm-hmm. 
And so many like, I mean, God bless Bill Gates. He's giving God knows how much money now. Well, he did well, start he, that thing. Has. I mean, that's yes. not like the 70 percent thing where yes. he's gotten a bunch of people to sign up. Exactly. And a lot of them are doing it. Yeah. But when you discover what they had to do to be that way, about, there are things that Oprah. Well, you would. I, I don't I don't think let me put it this way. I'm not sure you want to do a deep dive into what any billionaire has ever done to get their money. So instead, I'm going to pick someone who I perceive and believe is a millionaire who I absolutely love and am loving them more by the day. John Krasinski. Oh, oh yeah, that fantastic. He, we're going to post yeah. we're going to post his some uh, good news this week. Some good news. We'll talk about amazing. That. Yep. Just him. You know, obviously the office, which we love. The, he's he, just everything about yeah. him yep. seems to be. I appreciate that. You know, he's turned himself into a director. Emily Blunt's his wife. She's the best. He seems like a genuinely good person who's doing a lot for people. Yep. So if I had to pick a millionaire right now. I'll pick John Krasinski I like it. because good choice. he's pretty yeah. awesome. Good choice. All right. Finally, deep thoughts. Inheritances, good or bad? Hmm. See, I'm kind of torn. I, I'm going to say good with the caveat of I think if you're someone who, um, you know, I would obviously let me couch it in this way. I would like to be able to leave my kids something. I'm certainly as a teacher, not going to be able to live, leave them the type of money that could be left in a movie like this with characters like that. I think mm. there's a benefit to that. Uh, I do think there's an issue when people leave hundreds of millions of dollars to people and you create what we see in modern society. I don't think that's beneficial for society. And I don't think it's beneficial for fifth or sixth generations of people who have never done anything in their life. Yep. And I think we're seeing that unfortunately play out on the global scale right now. There's, you know, now the problem is, do I think that that money should just be taken and given to whatever government? I'm not sure I want that either. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate people again, like we said, Bill Gates and these people who are given giving a lot of money to charity. So mm -hmm. I, I like that. In the same respect, I do think there are people who probably help their parents work in industries and business where they probably are entitled to some of that money. And again, I would like my kids to have a better life and if I can help them through something. So I'm good with inheritance if it's a reasonable amount. Uh, I'm not when it turns into Paris Hilton situations mm -hmm. where people get to be like that. So you just made me realize a, a, another question slash issue I have with the movie with us meeting Harlan in the way that we do in those moments with Marta. Is it believable that he would leave everything to her? Knowing what he does about his family, the world, feeling as protective about his mother or her mother as he does, obviously, in the death scene of like why she can't get caught. Would he really bring all of that attention and scrutiny? And well, yeah, I think that's a plot hole that he tried to fill. To her. Well, but the thing is, he doesn't I think he's resetting that thinking he's, you know, I don't think he thinks he's going to die at that moment. And if he died of natural causes, remember, he was going to he was supposed to meet with everybody. He told Walt in that meeting, you and I will talk about this more tomorrow. Yeah. I it's think still, the idea would have been that he would have told each of these people like he did ransom Chris Evans character like, hey, you're out of the will now. I you're just, on your own. I just don't know if it's believable. When you're talking about that amount of money, maybe to that, say I mean, like fair. this family that I've supported for my entire life, like I think it's believable in the fact that he trusted her to do the right thing with the money versus anybody but that's, else. So that and to me, I was thinking that, but then that's worded differently, right? That maybe. she becomes the custodian, she becomes the caretaker. No, no, that's not how that's that works. Different. Well, no, no, he's telling her to do what she thinks is right right in her I heart so. right isn't that what daniel craig then, said like but, he but was daniel that, craig said that, that feels even. like a cop out of like 
I can't decide what to do with this. Well, so he trusted. Why her. don't you? I think. He that, tr- but I think- that's going to the point I was talking about earlier is that he looked at his kids and was like, I fucked this up. But then wouldn't I can't he have even... had that conversation with her. Yeah, but I think he didn't he have trusted. trusted. Mm. He didn't again, remember. Yeah. He, he didn't changed think he was the will, die. not knowing that he was going to die that no, night. No, I know that. I do know. I know that. But I also think mm. he trusted Marta more than him because right. he had shown his, you know, frailties in terms of all them. And that even plays out with Meg, who was in um, 13 Reasons Why. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember her name. Unfortunately, she's great. But, you know, she's like, I'll take care of you. Don't worry. Yeah, like they he all trusted say that her he trusted her to know who should really be helped, who were in it. And he didn't trust himself, mm-hmm. which I thought was, again, I've watched it a few times. I think it would be interesting. I'd be interested if you guys re- and I don't expect to do it now, but if you rewatched at some point to think, see what well, you we thought own it, about that. So I bought we it. It's a great movie. I, I do think it's a fun one to be, that is very rewatchable and it's mm-hmm. not overly long. Uh, all right. That's five questions. All right. Um, Next week's pretty exciting. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> next week, got to get yourself on Amazon Prime and watch a little movie called Soap Dish. Um, this is a film that features Robert Downey Jr., Sally Field, Whoopi Goldberg, Kevin Klein. It's all the people. So many people. So much fun. So much fun. It's all the people of the 80s. Yes. This movie, uh, Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Adventures in Babysitting Jim. Come yeah, on. No, I'm in. Come on. We're I'm in. excited about it. We're all in on this movie. Um, also, remember, Thirsty Thursday, we're coming back this week. This week, we're talking about sitcoms you should be watching. And Katie, Ooh. Jim, and I have yep. each I have mine. pitched and picked one episode from a sitcom we loved. We'll yeah. post them to Facebook. Okay. So, you, we're, you know, it's we're not going to be like, oh, go watch, you know, sitcom A and it's 10 seasons and you can't watch it. We're going to give you one episode from mm-hmm. each sitcom. All these are streaming that you can go watch for some laughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I have picked. I'll start out, for example, speaking of a John Krasinski earlier. I have picked the dinner party episode from The Office. Love it. Jim. What have you picked? I picked the uh, episode 10 of the first season of Arrested Development called Peer Pressure. One of my which favorites. is the uh, teaching lessons episode oh, for those. So good. So and good. I'm picking My Way Home from Scrubs, which is season five, episode seven, an homage to The Wizard of Oz. And you can find that on Hulu or on Amazon Prime for 99 cents. All right. So Hulu um netflix has arrested development mm-hmm. netflix has the office yep. so all of them are available um if you get a chance we'll post this coming up uh, share with us an audio message letting us know what sitcom you love the most we'll be back thursday for thirsty thursday next week the amazing soap dish remember like share subscribe uh write a review hasn't right. happened in uh, 2020 so if you want to write a review <laughs> Great time to do it. Yeah. All right. Great time to do it. Um, We'll see you all soon. Bye, everybody.